welcome to the Built on Air podcast, the variety show for all things Airtable. Each episode, we cover four different segments. It's always fresh and different and lots of fun while you get the insider info on all things Airtable. Our hosts and guests are some of the most senior experts in the Airtable community. Join us live each week on our YouTube channel every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern. And join our active community at builtonair.com join. Before we begin, a word from our sponsor, OntoAir.com. Any business running on Airtable gets the value that Airtable has, but also needs a few more functions to complete their operations. That's where OntoAir comes in. It's a suite of tools for any business running on Airtable to maximize your operations efficiencies and automations. One customer, John, states that OntoAir enables his business to function properly without having to think about building their own software. And that is pretty invaluable. The OntoAir Airtable apps are amazing and we use them often and are very happy with the results. So join John and hundreds more customers and take your Airtable to the next level with OntoAir. Sign up today with promo code BUILTONAIR for a 10% discount. Check them out at OntoAir.com. And now let's check out today's episode and see what we built on air. Welcome everyone to the Built on Air podcast, the live show. We're glad to be with you. We've got a special program for you today. We're excited to um, talk about exciting things that just came out. And welcome, Rebecca. Glad to have you on. And we also have a special guest with us, Ben. Green, welcome. Good to have you with us. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here, especially today. Yeah, yeah. It's a good day. And we got Camille with us as always. Welcome, Camille. I'm wearing the shirt. That's a new one. Is that a new one? No, I've I've had this shirt for a while. I think it's my only Airtable shirt, but it seemed appropriate for today. Yeah, very true. Only question is, do you have matching socks with them? No, I couldn't no. find my socks. So, <laughs> you know, what are you uh, gonna do? I didn't. I didn't wear my air table socks today either. So they were stuck in the drawer somewhere. Someday, Ben, you wearing any air table today? I don't have any air table swag. No, <laughs> I have no idea where to get it. Come on now. Yeah. Where did you get the socks? Uh, I don't know. Part of a, a swag bundle from my various Airtable engagements. I don't know. I think it was from the, the uh, conference last year, the year before. I don't know. I don't think I'm, I'm engaged enough. <laughs> Speaking of engagements, watch Ben's show <laughs> off the record on Thursdays. Wednesdays, but yes. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very true. Yes, we'll learn. We'll learn more about uh, Ben coming up in the show. So, you think I would know what day it's on just because I'm also on that show? Yes, yes. I don't know anything. (laughs) Regulars there. So, well, I thought it was an announcement because you said, "Speaking of engaged," I didn't. I didn't know if there was an announcement coming. My life's not exciting. (laughs) All right, maybe for a future show. So we will um, go through. So we always do four segments on the show. And um, we always like to kick off talking about what's going on in the community. And this week was relatively quiet until late last night. And so that's what our focus is going to be. We're actually going to combine round the bases of what's going on. And um, we are going to introduce a new product that Airtable just launched or a new feature that Airtable just launched called Interfaces. And we'll actually have a new segment on our show called uh, Case for Interface. And we will um, in the future use interfaces to solve common problems. So you'll see that as a regular segment on our show. So the first one, I don't yet have a graphic for it. Um, so we'll just do an introduction into that. So, and then after that, we will learn more about um, uh, Ontair. We'll do a spotlight on the primary sponsor, Ontair. Learn a little bit about that. Then we'll find out more about our guest Ben Green, an expert in the Airtable world. And then um, he will also show an automate create for us uh, to end the show. So, with that, as far as round the bases. 
late last night. I'm going to give credit to, I heard, first heard from it from Scott Rose, who is listening in on today's show. He was the first to break it to me. I don't know if you guys uh, saw it broken anywhere else, but um, so shout out to Scott for, for monitoring the website closely all day, looking for that big announcement to come. Um, and so we are going to learn about um, what it is, what it entails, how it impacts you, how you can use it and, um, everything there, everything else going on in the communities was general, uh, discussion on topics and things like that. Um, and so I think we can hold those off till, till next week, if any are, are worth bringing up for next time. So there's Scott with us monitoring 24 seven. All right. So Camille offered up. Camille spent the most time with it last night. I know, Ben, you also spent some time with it, as did I. So we'll all kind of chime in on our first impressions. But Camille, if you want to share your screen. Uh, I will. <laughs> if that works, and we'll learn about it. I also will bring up... Um, that uh, Airtable redesigned their entire homepage. So new messaging, they highlight the, um, the interface section and um, everything that, that's uh, talking about that and how it plays. Actually, I'll put yours up. Camille, okay. there you go. Perfect. So, yeah, I pulled up the, just, you just mentioned it, Airtable's website has been redesigned. Um, and so it's, it's, you know, more activated, if that makes sense. There's animations going and it shows off Airtable's sort of interface. You can just kind of scroll through and see how things are a little bit different, but that's not what we're here for. Interface designer. So if you go to um, Airtable's support website, they already have articles that are talking about what is the interface designer. Um, and then I've also pulled up Airtable's YouTube account has also already released a video or two just sort of giving you the high strokes. And then what I'm going to do is sort of uh, jump into what your experience would be like for using interfaces. So I'm in my Airtable account and you can see um, things look much the same except for up at the top. So it's not a top level uh, thing that you would click on up here. It is the same place where you would find all your bases and workspaces. Up at the top, you'll have the interfaces. Note that it says beta at the top. Um, it, To my knowledge, it is released for everyone. It is an open beta. Um, and I don't know how long it's going to be beta or... Um, you know, when it'll be officially, officially launched, if, if that makes sense. I believe, um, I believe they said early 2022. Got it. And I believe it also mentions that um, you can use it on free basis for now, but that will be changing. But mm -hmm. any interfaces that you create will stay with you, like you won't lose them, but you won't be able to create them for, for non-pro bases. Okay. So first things first, I've made at least one interface. I think I've made two. Um, and you'll notice that it says there are no interfaces yet. I'm sure it says in one of these support articles. I feel like it's because I haven't published that interface yet. There's a publish option that you'd have to click. And I think if I click that, it would appear here. Um, so I'm going to start with going into the base that I test everything in um, that has a lot of connected a lot of link to another record types. There's roll-ups, lookups, yada, yada. Um, and we're going to be using this base to sort of dive into what an interface is. So again, when you open up a base, it is largely the same, except for up at the top. In the top left next to the Airtable logo, this will take you back to where you get to all your bases. This is where you would click to create an interface for this base. So um, to my knowledge, ba uh, interfaces work on a per base basis. So um, as you all know, you can sync multiple bases together. Um, and that might be a way to use an interface for more than one base at once. As far as I know, an interface looks at one base at a time. So you can see right here that the one interface that I've made is unpublished and you can have multiple interfaces for each base. Uh, jumping into the one that I was testing in, 
Um, it kind of feels like there's uh, folders, if that makes sense, because I have interface test and then I have first test. So we're still not quite in the interface. There seems to be different levels. And because I haven't played around with it enough, I'm not sure. Well, these are, I think these are all grouped by at the base level, right? So these are but all. I, I could have made, let me go back from the start. So I could make another, I could make another interface, but mm. inside each interface, I could create new pages, sure. pages, sure. if you will. So let me just get in here. Um, so what you're kind of seeing is using one of their sort of default templates that they have. They have a few templates that you could choose from to help you place items uh, quicker. So on the left-hand side, we have a list of records that are pulling from my purchase orders um, table. And then whenever you select a new one, what it's going to do, let me go into preview mode so that doesn't pop up. If I go into preview mode, it will pull in um, all of the information linked to purchase order number three. And then I've sort of set it up to have this grid view of um, all of the linked purchase order line items linked to this purchase order. There's a lot of cool things in Interface Designer, and I'm going to do my best to sort of point out some of the uh, quirks, I guess, that I've noticed. So this isn't a view. I don't have a view that's only looking at the purchase order line item records linked to table three. It is pulling in the linked records automatically based on um, which is the currently selected record. And that's something you could turn on and off if you wanted to show everything from a particular view or all records at once you could. But in this particular use case, it makes sense to only show purchase order number three's line items. So there you go. Um, you'll notice that, you know, certain fields will look exactly like they will in an Airtable base. All of the sort of pill um, fields look like they would, the single selects and multi-selects. Same thing with the link to another record type fields. You can click on these and it will pull up the expanded record view. Um, I don't know if that's something you can disable. It might be. I don't know. And then same thing for this one up here, the sort of expanded view. Um, where you could show a per, uh, certain fields from whatever that linked record is. And I believe you can adjust which record, which fields show up. So if I click on this, we can start to see what options are available to me. Um, and this right here connected to record list. Record list is over here. So if I wanted to change the list, I could have, but, you know, I didn't. If you had multiple uh, linked records uh, like I do, you could switch this to another linked record. So instead of pulling in the customer, maybe I want to pull in the shipping option like I did down here. Um, and you guys stop me if you have any sort of like questions that you had or if you notice something, because I'm just going to keep going. Yeah, maybe show like the um, like as far as the click, if you click on maybe the shipping option field and make it um, not editable, so view only. Oh, yeah, well, let me quickly go into um, preview mode. I'm in preview mode. Yeah. So right now it's not editable. There's no sort of thing I can do to edit this. If I go out of preview mode right now, you'll see that everything by default comes in as view only. Yeah. So when you share this with your other collaborators, um, they'll just be able to look at stuff but not necessarily edit anything unless you go in and change that. So as soon as I clicked editable, you'll notice that this plus sign was changed. And if I go back into preview mode, now I can click X on this. And if I click that, everything sort of updates automatically. And if I pick uh, another one, you'll notice my order total is, is updating as well because it's a formula and it's adding together the cost of shipping, yada, yada, yada. All of this interaction with the interface is live syncing with your base itself. So it's a sort of one-to-one, -one, you're not waiting on any sort of delay or syncing time. Um, as far as I've noticed, it's pretty quick. Of course, this is a very basic interface and I only have one when it seems like I could have several in a group and multiple groups per base. So yeah. if you go yeah. down to shipping option yeah. and you were to edit it, 
Uh, mm -hmm. So if you took it out of preview mode, there's the option. If you want to see it more closer to a grid, you can change it from pill to the, def I think it's called default. Mm -hmm to where you could add records and like see more fields that way as well. Yeah, that, that's what I did for this one up here. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, you could do that for any of them. And I, I'm wondering, I thought I saw, I could have been wrong. I thought I saw somewhere you being able to change which fields are visible. Um, it doesn't look like that's the yeah. case here. It is the case in a couple places. Like in the record list, something that I liked, the record title doesn't have to be the primary record, the primary field of that table. So if I wanted to make it shipping address line one for whatever reason, I could. And it you know comes up as bold. And then I could pick what other two fields are displayed. So I was possibly confusing it with this. Yeah. So... And if you if you go back to that shipping option um, mm -hmm. and make it make it view only mm -hmm. and then go to public or uh, preview, mm -hmm. you can still um, click on it and it yeah. brings up and that is editable. So it's kind of weird that mm. it it's not yeah. editable on the other, but when you click on it, it is. So that's kind of yeah. there. That's a good catch. So this is a, it's, this record, right, isn't this record. So, you yeah. know, it, it might be the case. Now, what it does do, if if the base, if you set up your base to say, Camille shouldn't be able to edit the price field, no matter where I am in Airtable's product, I will not be able to edit the price field. So if I changed the, field per the field permissions to do that even if i were to click that up here i wouldn't be able to change that here mm -hmm. so i could kind of see why you know it um it allows me to edit because i there's nothing i've said so far that says camille shouldn't be able to edit this but it would be nice it would be, if i go out of preview again it would be nice if there was a thing for this field type specifically for record link um you know open the expanded view in read only that would be cool i would like that yeah so let me make a new interface just so we could all sort of see things in real time something that i really like about this window we're seeing here is that it updates in real time it's actually really cool um so like I was saying before, there's a couple sort of pre-made templates, you know, well, one of them is just blank, but the three that they have are pretty, you know, streamlined and simple, high level sort of um, examples that you could use. Um, and you'll notice that there's uh, charts in them. You can't add any app. There's certain components that are you can find around an air table one of them is chart one of them is timeline which used to be an app and is now a view you could add those um to an interface but you can't add like a calendar view and you can't add um like the matrix or um uh uh, what's it called? Pivot table. Like there's certain apps. There's a lot of apps, most app, apps that you can't add yet. Um, I don't know if that's something they're planning to do. It would be cool if they did. I hope so. Yes, I, I would hope so too, because it's there are several apps I could think of that would be very useful. I'm going to start with blank. Um, you know what? No. I did one, I, one quick comment on that. Yeah. I actually looked under the hood to see how they were embedding like the chart and the timeline mm -hmm. and um and they're not iframes this is a little bit technical but they're not iframes like apps are they're mm -hmm. actually rendered as part of the main web page mm -hmm. which is mm -hmm. interesting so that means that they made them kind of first class citizens within the 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 design um and that that makes sense to me and i'll get there in a second i just realized by clicking blank I, I couldn't do the thing that i wanted to highlight which is that this thing will update when you change stuff so um there are three customers in my base if i were to change this to purchase orders that five changes all of these charts change yada yada i just thought that was cool <laughs> yeah um but going back to the blank one um you can kind of see what our options are as we just sort of start 
So text, uh, as far as I know, static text divider does what it says. Filter is cool. And grid, timeline, chart, number, record picker. Um, I'm going to start with record picker. And as I sort of move stuff, you can kind of see what it allows you to do. There's sort of a narrow um, center of the screen sort of thing or wide where you could go from one edge of the screen to the other. It doesn't seem to allow right aligned things, which is mm. a little annoying to me. And if I hover up at the top, then it's uh, it becomes like a header for the whole um, for the whole interface. So I'm going to put this down here and it'll pick the first table by default. Uh, so I could see everything related to customer three. Let's just do all of the defaults it allows me. And if I pick uh, grid, you'll see I have the same option of doing narrow or wide. I'll stay consistent. Um, I want to do... Yeah, um, I, I chose the grid view or grid element. Um, each individual thing that appears on an interface would be called an element. Um, the source is the record picker. So it's pulling everything related to customer three. And then the field, the only relevant field is purchase orders. So it's looking at the purchase orders table, finding everything that has been linked to customer three. And if I go in and change that, it should change to the appropriate customer. Or actually, now that I look at this, I think what it's doing is it's pulling a grid view that only has the customer. So I did something wrong. Hmm. Hmm, what do I do? I did this in the other one. I don't know how to fix it. I'm new to this. We're all new. So I'm going to delete this. Um, so here's our first test. <laughs> if you have something that's linked to something else and you delete it, it'll throw an error. So nice. let's refresh the page and hope it'll allow me to get back in here. It does. So, you know, it'll panic for a second and then it'll notice that something has been deleted. Hopefully Airtable fixes that. It shouldn't throw an error like that. It should just do this automatically, you know. Um, invalid source. Let's just pick all purchase orders. And now let's add this filter component. So um, I want to do purchase orders. I'm doing this backwards. Um, uh, connect filter to an element. I'm connecting it to the grid itself that I just placed down here. Now, if I do filter status is pending, it will filter that grid. Again, I'm not using a pre-made view. I'm making my own sort of view as I interact. So like, like you can do with uh, sharing out a view, whoever has that view could add their own filters after the fact. And then when they refresh the page, it will be, you know, it'll be reset to whatever it was when it, it was shared. Um, so, and um, I think going back to what Dan said earlier, filters can be attached to multiple elements. So if I had a chart in here, um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't want to set up a chart, but if I were to also connect it, I think I could, if I started to make this, um, yeah. So originally chart was an option because it was pulling from customers, but once I changed it to pull also from purchase orders, like these two are, then I could hook this filter into controlling both of them at once. So you can see as I edit uh, the filter, both of them are changing and going back to what Dan said, it's that's important because right now apps in the sidebar of Airtable's base view work independently of one another. They don't see apps that are right next to each other. Even if they're on the same dashboard view, same base, they don't really get to talk to each other. They can only look at the base itself, the data that's there, and then the base structure. Um, because apparently these components are built into the interface. We're not looking at the chart app, we're looking at a chart element, if that makes sense. Um, 
it's probably a lot of the same code, but sort of specially designed to hook directly into this interface designer. That means that each element could look at or interact with multiple things on the same interface. And it's really important. I think it's the key difference between one of the key differences between an interface and a dashboard that was made in Airtable. Yeah. So you could set up your filters and all that other stuff. Um, I'm sure if I kept going, there's other things I could do with that. Like all of these, um, all of these elements I could pile in and they could all look at this filter or some of them don't have to look at the same filter, um, et cetera. I think what you're also showing is how easy it is to kind of get lost in the weeds, like that extra layer of power <laughs> makes it also easy to get lost. Yeah, it's, um, we've only had this for roughly 12 hours. So um, in much of those hours, I was asleep. So yeah. there's, there's not a whole lot that I have a firm grasp on quite yet. But so far, considering it's a beta and it's been out for less than a day, um, I'm pretty happy with what I'm seeing and sort of, I can kind of see a trajectory. Now I'm famously bad at guessing. Um, you may recall last week on <laughs> Ben's show where I was like, oh, they're probably not going to have uh, a front end for like Absolutely. 2023. I think I said, this is still not quite a front end, but you know, it is pretty funny that like less than a week later, the interfaces has been released. So you know, don't trust my guesses, but I can see um, based on how they've chosen to implement the stuff that they have implemented, um, uh, a nice little system that you could end up building. Um, uh, some important notes. Um, this is not really public facing. Um, the current beta is sort of designed for you to give the collaborators of your base something to look at that isn't the entire base at once. So they still have access to the base. And like I said before, you could set up their uh, permissions. So if they don't have any permissions for one table. They have certain field permissions for certain fields, yada, yada. Um, but you can't just give it to somebody who doesn't already have access to the base. If you do, it will add them to the base. So it's not, uh, you know, the third parties like Stacker and Pori and Softer and yada, yada. What they do is allow you to circumvent giving someone access to the base, if you will. They're interacting with Pori or Stacker or Softer instead of Airtable. You're still working in Airtable. So whoever is editing this sort of stuff needs to have edit permissions for that Airtable base. Yeah. Yeah, maybe show that on the share if you if you do the share. Yeah. Add somebody. First let me publish. Okay. Um because I don't add the the share button is sort of grayed out right now and I can't share it. I believe uh, it has to yeah. be shared first. And you could see up at the top I can also um, preview as different collaborators. If there was more than one person in this base, you would be able to see. And then you could test, you know, if I didn't give Joe the right permissions to edit the order date, for instance, you would be able to see that. Um, so let me click publish. Um, I don't know what's happening right now. Yeah. I'm, I'm publishing. Okay. You you publish all the pages, but it tells you which ones like haven't been modified since the last publish. Okay. Kind of like in automations. So this is okay. Okay, I see what's happening. I'm publishing the whole group. I don't know what the Airtable terminology for interface test is yet, but the thing that was just on my screen a second ago is untitled. Yeah. yeah, this order status and this grid and this chart is part of untitled, and that's under the group of interface test, which is where first test is. Let me publish both of them. Untitled looks like a page, and interface test is the interface. That's yeah. Kind of like test is a book, and then there you go. pages inside the book. Yeah. Share. Do I do this? I don't want to. What you can, happens? You can add me. Well, just bring well, it up. 
Okay, hold on. I've, I imagined that that was the share button. So things are slightly different now that I'm in the actual published interface. So the mm-hmm. thing at the top is gone, and it's just sort of that. You you switch in between the pages like you would a view. Um, I'm on Untitled now, and if I go back to the first one I made, you could see that one there. If I go back into Share, I could probably add, I don't know, who are you, Dan? Uh, yeah, do you, yeah, that works. And then it, and then it'll show you mm-hmm. that they have access. Yeah. So I'm going to add you as we're going to start with read only and see what that does. Yeah. And then I'll get an email. Um, and then if you go back to edit, you could then view it as me. Okay, now I'm in edit mode. Let me get into Untitled. If I view myself as dev team, who is Dan, uh, and then preview. Hmm. It's. <laughs> it seems. That doesn't seem right. Is it because I'm previewing? That still doesn't seem right. Yeah. I feel like I shouldn't be able to do that. I don't know yeah. that anything is limited to the collaborator. It should be though. It seems it seems like that's what the point is. Yeah. Uh, well, I think when you went into preview, are you previewing as me? Because that drop down went away. Well, preview as. Yeah, it should be locked down. I think. Now, now My, it is. Now it is, right? I don't think so, because I could still click this button. Oh, yeah. That seems like a problem. Yeah, that does. <laughs> All right. So test things out um, and make sure that people aren't like circumventing permissions that they should have. I feel like that might have that might be an issue. I don't think yeah. that's a feature per se. Yeah. Um, and it could be an issue with the preview as I wonder. Yeah, it could be like if I were on the published version of this, it could be that it, it works the way it should. I don't think I could pub. I could preview in the published thing. I'm just me when I'm here. Dan, I would love to see what it looks like on your end if you can yeah. see the base or if you can just see the interface. Now, I have not tested that out. Well, because I've shared the base, he should be able to see the whole base because that's sort of how they've set up their permission structure. But you can, uh, I think, just with your teams. You just direct people. You give them. It's a separate link that they can get for the published version of the interface. So you would just say, hey, go to this. Like, don't worry about the base. Look at this thing. So if you go to Untitled, because that's where the thing is. Yeah, Okay. Can't you can't. Okay. It, I think it's a... Okay. So that's not as much of an issue right. as it is, as it, I thought it is. So to recap, I shared with Dan to have read-only permissions for the underlying base, which means he shouldn't be able to create any records anywhere. And when I was previewing as Dan, I was able to add records. We're currently looking at Dan's screen, and he actually can't. When he's looking at the published version, he doesn't have the ability to, to add or edit any records, which is what we want. So it's a, it's a minor gotcha if you're previewing but not in the actual thing, so. Look at this, I can share it with people. (laughs) Now, there is a thing in workspace settings where you can prevent people from adding new people to a base, I believe. I wonder if that is also hooked in, it should be. Um, If I go to my workspace settings, uh, geez, where, where, where? Yeah, if you go to Yeah. Um, in the account or just in the workspace? Okay, I've I've switched on restrict adding new collaborator to this workspace and its spaces. So if you refresh okay. this, will it allow you to do that? Let's find out. I still have a share button. Mm. Like I can still share. Okay, that's but that's an issue. Since I'm read only, I can only add read only users. Okay, so you won't be charged 
for new read-only people in the base, but it does give access to data to new people who you may or may not have wanted in that base. So something that's something to keep in mind. I feel like yeah. that should be corrected. Yeah. But this is, uh, yeah, very interesting. I think, I mean, this is the beginning of game-changing interaction. Like, I wonder how many people will only use interfaces and not bases. Yeah, it's uh, it's Although, still it still sort of requires you to have gone in and sort of set up the structure of your base, right? Um, you can't start in an interface and sort of build build what your desired experience is. You have to build your base first and then make an interface for it. Um, and um, like I'm saying, if you add collaborators to it, it's not going to erase their ability to go into the base and make all the same edits that they would have been able to make in the interface. Um, yeah. To Dan's point, one thing noticeable in the interface is that you can't go in the top left and click to the Airtable workspaces. It takes like a lot, quite a few clicks, in my opinion. Yeah, to you have to go 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 to base. Uh, yeah, you have to go back to the base. Yeah, there, and then go to that. So yeah. that's a simple fix, uh, but I think that should be a, a an option. Just go back to home. Yeah, and then also remember, if you are sharing this with people that are read only they can always go back to the base and see all the data. So you're not yeah. hiding data from people. That's always visible. Yeah. Um, so these are, these are sort of just notes. Um, uh, again, less than a day out, still in beta, but there's, these are things that we're sort of hoping for the next sort of release, if you will, of uh, this product. So Kavan says, uh, this can make user training much easier, but will not yet replace trusting your users. I think that's absolutely true. Um, because it is still connected to Airtable much more so than the third parties are, it's not like Corey slash software slash stacker, et cetera, where you can say, you know, just look at this thing. You don't even know what's behind it all. Um, you still kind of know what's behind it all, but, you know, you it does allow for making uh, a much more user-friendly way to interact with the data, to sort of sum things up, to uh, have apps interplay with each other, um, et cetera. Yeah. Uh, Hannah says it's not a, not a portal. It isn't. Right. Here's a good question. Can you create new records via interfaces? You can. Um, so I showed not as easily. So here's one that's a single record viewer records or linked records. Yeah. I can make new linked records in this sort of thing. That record picker. I don't think there's an option. Yeah at the bottom uh to create a new record so um i think in the listing i think it's probably not gonna be an option anywhere to on or or delete so i can't delete this record mm -hmm. yeah but in the table listing if i go to a like in this one Usually, when there's a yeah, plus when, when you when you have the permissions to do it, you can add a new record in the list. But yeah, with the record picker, you can't. Yeah. So yeah, limited as far as yeah, adding, creating new. Yeah, for sure. Interesting. Well, and I think yeah, and, and if you're watching the comments, Justin's there's some issue with like creating new um, in some interfaces they don't have the create new like I don't have I'm, well this one was shared with me so I don't think actually yeah I can't create a new one here so for some reason there's 
times when you can't create new ones. I think well. <laughs> I think he was saying you can't do that if the interface is published. So if you unpublish um, your interface, then you would be able to add a new page to it, which seems a little silly. Um, I don't quite get the, the reasoning for that. I imagine it to me, it sounds like you should be able to add a new page and that page is just not published yet. But if if all publishes are tied to sort of group level and not the individual pages, maybe that's why. Yeah, and Kavan mentioned the workaround. You could set up scripts with like, based on a checkbox or something to, to add or delete. That's not ideal, but definitely a workaround. Yeah, I didn't see uh, buttons as an element. I could have just missed it. Um, you can add them as like field buttons. Field buttons, but not as like a, you know, like record picker is an element. Yeah. I couldn't see one that was just a button and tie that button to, you know, either yeah, be a link or nice. to, yeah, I would, I would want to see that. Um, so I have, a, I have a couple of things that I would want to see in the coming weeks as they sort of add to this. Um, yeah. So what overall impression day one? I think it's pretty promising for, for a day one. Um, I think it sort of gets at just show me what I want to see and like linked records and the main record at the same time. Like that's sort of a, an issue when you're looking at uh, Airtable's base interface. Um, you really can only look at one table at a time. And that's when you had to have the apps window kind of open to see a record and all of its uh, associated records at the same time. It sort of gets around that. Um, and like someone said in the chat, it's a user interface um, aid and not necessarily a security workaround. So I think that's where interfaces is going to live. It's a sort of better, it depends. Well, there's a use case for looking at the whole base like you normally would, but for all of the use cases where you would want just an interactive sort of interface, uh, I think it's it's I think it's promising. There's stuff that needs to be added. Day one, promising. Yeah, very cool. Ben, any other final thoughts on interfaces? My thoughts were that it's you can tell it's still in beta. Mm -hmm. There's like quite a few little things that don't work like. One of the things for me was when I'm editing a page in interfaces and I, you click add element, that box never disappears unless you yes. re-click it. Mm -hmm. um, but I think this like paves the way for a lot of enhancements down the road for something closer to like a user portal or some sort of like front end. Uh, and it doesn't seem like it's tied to just one, or it doesn't seem like it will be tied to one, just one base eventually with its placement on the workspace. Homepage. Yes, that's true. It doesn't seem, it's not even tied to workspace, it seems. It mm -hmm. seems like it's its own category uh, yeah. um, on its own. So eventually, yeah, I could see them making it so you could uh, sort of interplay between different bases, have it like, associated with the sync feature maybe now the only thing i don't know is per page if you could have one page pull elements from multiple bases that would be interesting to see mm. but for one interface it looks like you could have multiple pages that they could all pull from different bases eventually mm -hmm. so, you know that that would be possible right now yeah yeah my i i am impressed i think um it's a great start you know i'm gonna continually on the table being an app developer camille you as well is mm -hmm. they've got to incorporate apps into the interface this really devalues the marketplace at this point because as more people use the interfaces you kind of don't want to leave that to go then back to the old one then open up the sidebar and get your apps um so once they figure that out i think that that really opens up the the opportunity for <laughs> app developers. So hopefully we'll see that soon. So great. That's a great uh, introduction. And like I mentioned, we'll, um, we'll have a new segment. We'll do more. We'll dive deeper into the different types of elements within the interfaces. So this is our first segment of a, or first uh, version of our new segment, a case for interfaces. 
So as we continue on, a quick spotlight. I'll do this briefly. Ontair is an all-in-one toolkit to run your business on Airtable. It's a suite of apps to do a variety of different things to help you um, enhance your Airtable usage. And especially if you're running a business, you need to check out ontair.com. I just briefly want to bring up one of our apps is our backup solution. Um, Airtable already does backups, but for, for security reasons and for best practices, it's always recommended to have an external backup of your data outside of Airtable. That's where Ontario Backups comes in. We can help back up your data and your attachments to your Dropbox, your Box, or your Google Drive on a scheduled basis, automated, all happening in the background, so you don't have to worry about your data and know that you've always got it residing outside of Airtable at all times. So check us out, ontario.com slash ontario-backups for your backup solution. With that, we're going to continue on to our next segment, which is, i got to refresh my page here, uh, meet the experts. So we have an expert among us, Ben Green. Uh, has been part of the community. You've likely seen his smiling face on YouTube <laughs> amongst many videos. I know you've got quite the collection of videos. And uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, what you're up to, really interested in how you came to find Airtable and what you're up to now with Airtable. Yeah, first I would say I would definitely uh, recommend using Air Backups. I've used it in a few cases with clients and it is definitely a product to go for. So plus one for onto air backups. Um, but yeah, thank you for having me on. Uh, so you wanted a background and how I got to know Airtable, is that right? Yep. Um, so my background, I've actually only been an Airtable users, user for about a year and eight months, I think. Uh, about five years ago, I started school at IU Bloomington. I graduated about a year ago, but I went there and got a degree in information systems and operations, uh, learned to code in a few languages like SQL and R and C sharp and a, few, a lot of not stuff I found not to be fun. Um, and then also took some classes in access and Excel access. I found very like the concepts very similar to Airtable, as well as learning um, like enterprise software development. Like just, I didn't realize they still teach access in school. <laughs> yeah, I had one class on it and nice. I did not enjoy that the access part as much. Um, but then I had a, a friend who introduced me to Airtable and I was like, can you teach me how to uh, use Airtable? I'll work for you for free and do like anything you just showed me how to use it because he said like it's a great tool like if you can learn it you'll never have any problems ever and so i started using it for school i just managed my uh all my assignments and stuff in airtable and then that summer i worked for free doing implementation for a business like all summer for like three months um, and then that brings me to like last september where I went to the Airtable Users Conference with Chris Dancy. Uh, I was just a visitor. I think Dan, you were a sponsor. Camille, you were a speaker, if I remember right. Yep. Um, there was that same day I published my first YouTube video. Uh, huh. It was like an intro to Airtable. I think I published it the day before because I was like, I have to publish it before. That was like my deadline for publishing my first video. Um, but then since then, I think I've published like 180 videos. Wow. So it's been, it's been a lot. And a lot of the videos feature Camille, uh, as well as Kuvan in the chat. It's been amazing doing a off the record with Chris and those ladies and Rebecca sometimes joins as well. Uh, but that's how I got started. Very cool. And tell us what, what are you doing now? How do yeah, you so, yeah. so I do consulting. So primarily with people book calls from my YouTube channel. People watch like six or seven videos. They don't want to themselves and then they or like they don't uh, be setting everything up themselves. They want to either expedite the process and work with someone or they just don't want to spend the time and learn 
all the fundamentals of doing it right. Um, so then they work with me to build it. I have a few people, a few contractors on my team um, that help me out with some of the development, like for example, like mapping stuff out and then actually doing some of the automations because some of those can get pretty time consuming. Yeah. But. yeah. All right. Very cool. Well, great to have you on. I know we've interacted quite a bit over the year that uh, you've been involved. It seems like it's been longer than that, but yeah. um, it's cool to see right out of school learning uh, Airtable and now pretty well established as, as an expert consultant in, in this space. So where uh, where can people find you if they're interested in working with you? Uh, you can just go to any of my YouTube videos. It's I don't know what my link is, but it's Ben Green. Uh, and uh, my website's www.optimizeis.com. It's in the description of any of the videos. Um, yes, those are they're blue light blockers. <laughs> I got them on Amazon. It reduces eye strain. Yeah. Highly recommend. <laughs> okay, we'll put, we'll put links in uh, the show notes for anybody that wants to... Uh, work with you but yeah check them out on youtube tons of videos and then off the record when does that air oh so that's every wednesday camille and kuvan like i said they're they're there very often and rebecca um but it's every wednesday at 7 p.m eastern time and you can either go to that airtable community facebook group uh, me and chris basically run that there's like five thousand people in there um we go to the airtable community facebook group and we go live in there or you can join us if you go to www.videowithben.com at 7 p.m. You can join the Zoom room. Okay, video with Ben. And then, yeah, also give a plug for the Facebook community that you help run. <laughs> You're like, there's a thousand things, yes. Yeah. <laughs> the Facebook group, it's uh, facebook.com backslash groups backslash Airtable community. And is that the largest Facebook community for Airtable? It is. I believe so. I yeah. think by a few thousand people. Yeah, I know there's a couple others, but I think that is the largest. I think there's like 200 people joining it a week. There are wow. 100 people joining it a week. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely very, very active. We we reference it quite often on this show, talking about what people are mentioning in there. So if you're if you're on Facebook, then um, definitely check that out. It's it's lively and always discussion going on there. So. Cool. Well, with that, if you want to start uh, sharing your screen, Ben, before yeah. we get to you and, and what you're going to share with us, I'll give a plug for our community. There's lots of communities out there. The Built On Air community is one of many great ones. And um, we'd love for you to join us, especially if you're already in Slack. We have a Slack community where people are talking and asking questions and, and you get to interact with amazing people like Ben and Camille. And um, we also have our website, builtonair.com, where we'll publish podcasts, updates, what's going on. So it's worth checking out. Sign up for the newsletter. So builtonair.com is where you can find all these great resources. So with that, we're going to do an automate create. And Ben's going to walk us through some task templating. So I'll share your screen. Go for it. All right. So this demo, <clears throat> like like Dan just said, is gonna be showing a task template. So the to start off this space, what I have are a few different like stock projects that you might have. So I work with a few people. This the, this case is transaction coordinators. Uh, they work with multiple states or multiple types of um, projects that have different requirements. And each of those pro projects is a record in this table, and then it's linked to all the related tasks. So here we have tasks, like I just put four stock tasks in here. Um, you could also say like who it should be assigned to, as well as uh, some due dates, which I can go into how that works later. Um, I got this idea from someone in the Airtable community in the Facebook group. I can't remember who it was. Um, and I know I sh showed Kuvan this last week and she seemed to like it because I've been kind of on a spree of finding ways to do everything without using scripts. And a lot of people had been doing the same thing, but writing it into scripts where a script would go find like everything that matched whichever project was chosen and then go add those tasks 
and assign them to people. So how this works is you add like a new file in here. So we'll say this is like 902 East 9th Street. Uh, you For this, I have it set up so you pick a few days from the example would be in a contract for a real estate transaction, but you pick a few due dates. You could just pick like the start date of it for most use cases. And then you pick which project type it is. So if I choose this one, what it should go do is go add those tasks to the task table and then also move that here because this needs to be deleted afterwards. Um, that's another conversation on why that needs to be deleted. But uh, has anything like this one been shown on this before? I don't believe. I don't think so. So what this does here is it comes in here and assigns or like creates all these tasks. You can mark them as done. It also, um, if I hide some of the stuff, it calculates the due date that should be required. So the due date was calculated from the task templates and it, for this one, remind me which one it was, Buyer Financing Indiana. So for Buyer Financing Indiana, these are like the, this is I believe a workday formula. Nope, just day add, so including weekends. Um, but this would say like five days after the effective date, six days after the effective date, and we know what the effective date is from a lookup when this is created. Mm -hmm. So I guess, uh, do you have any immediate questions? Um, when it's, you assign it a project type and then your automation runs and it uh, links the appropriate tasks to the transaction. Is it duplicating tasks from a template or is it linking the original tasks to 902 East 9th Street? Um, it is duplicating the tasks. Got it. So it's creating records here for each task that ended up being a lookup here. So it, the trigger for the automation is from this uh, task templates table. It's a lookup here. So if I turn the automation off, I can show how it works and then show the automation, of course. So here, if we choose buyer cash, Indiana, in task templates, the trigger is that this is not empty. And then it will mm -hmm. go for when it triggers on this record, it goes and creates this record in the task table. Is that what you're asking? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And that makes sense. I was in my head, I don't know why, I was envisioning some other, um, you know what, no. No, I see, I see what I was envisioning. I was picturing another table being involved for projects, and it looks like there is. It's your Each of these task templates is linked to the ta uh, the project templates as well. This one should be. So you assign it a template, and then that's mm -hmm. what triggers. Yeah. I also figured out how to do this. You could have, I think, the same setup and have the task templates live in the task table and just be like, in their own view, like filtered out from everything else. I, I think people or business owners like this false sense of security of having these here so that their employees won't mess with them. Yeah. So that's why I choose this other table. Okay. I, I, I like having templates separated out from the real, uh, just because if you ever needed, what are the, what's my count of active tasks? You always have to remember, okay, well don't include the templates. So you know, it just removes that sort of margin of error by keeping them separate anyway. Um, I also, a lot of times I'll duplicate the task, but also link back to the task template. So mm -hmm. you kind of have, you know, the source of where it came from. And that wouldn't work as well if it was in the same table because you don't have the backlink. Yeah. Unless you... So you use this similarly, Dan? Cool, yeah, like uh, I think Hannah here says, let's see the automation. So Dan, do you use something similar to this? So I, I have done it with scripting, um, but yeah, very similar structure of, of the database, yeah. 
Yeah, so everything that I do is without scripting because I don't find business owners want to learn how to script. And then I've had clients come to me with with scripts and they have no idea how to do anything, so we change them. Yeah, it's it's easier to maintain if you if you're giving it to someone else. If you just use mm-hmm. if you can use the update record or create record steps, you know sometimes it's just better to just use those. Yeah. Um, so the trigger is here on this task templates table and it's just watching to make sure that this project is not empty that's there's no like safeguards to make sure that like like it will error if these are empty because it needs those when creating the tasks Um, but i could add those in there Um, and then the next thing it does is it goes and creates a record in the task table so this one's pretty straightforward. It just pulls this t- step ID. The transaction to link it to is this right here. This is probably the hardest one to get. So what you need to do is click on the blue button, come in here, press continue, find this project linked record, and then you have to like continue twice, basically. Mm-hmm. You press continue, then this isn't the linked record ID you want. You press continue again, and then I Maybe I should go test it so you can see, but it should be this ID right here. So let's test this. If you test it, it gives you test data for those watching. That makes it pretty nice. So not this linked record, but press continue again. And then it says like what's right here and you can insert that. And what that does is it links it to the transaction um, this is a different part of it that I can show in a second. It's like the second stage to this, but then it also links back to the project template. That's how this is grouped is it links it to that template, uh, assigns who, who it's for and, uh, what day it's due. The last thing, which is kind of repetitive, it kind of wastes all the tasks besides the first time it does it, but because it doesn't do anything after the first one, uh, is it clears this out. So this is it updates that transaction record, clears this out, and moves the name of that to right here. Mm-hmm. So after the first task that is triggered, it's like after this one that's already done. But it, I don't know of any other way to make it really seamless to make that work. Yeah. So what we're seeing is there's no conditional logic within an automation step where you can say, don't run this step if the linked record is already cleared. And that's why you have to do it with each individual run. And because the automation is running for each task template item, it's running, there's four for this particular one. So it's running four times. Yes, exactly. Um, so the next step of the automation is right here. It says like seller cash, Texas. So let's change that the name of that one from this. We'll say, it's like that one, also change it to buyer. That way here, it looks like it's like the sec. So if you have like different portions of your task list, maybe it's conditional. You're never going to do tasks uh, five through eight unless you do tasks one through four, or you just don't want to run 50 tasks at once. You want to split it up into different ones. What this does is once you get through the first three, actually the first three don't matter. These can be unchecked. Once you check this one, what it should go do is go run this task list, that task list. And the same thing here, if these happen to be in order, which to do that, I would have just had to put a four here and they would be in order. When you go check these ones off or run that next task list, that is whichever one is uh, right here. So you can see Mm, that populated here. Interesting. I, I've done this uh, very similar for, for several. One in particular, 
this is what caused us to run into record limits because for every it's a it's a lending company so for every home loan they have like a task list of 17 different mm -hmm. tasks for each loan that comes in and so they just the the task table just instantly hit fifty thousand because they have a couple thousand tasks or loans and so automatically creating all these tasks hit hit the fifty thousand record limit pretty quickly yeah so this definitely requires uh like archiving records so what i see this type of client do is they'll have like a, a view for each transaction which would make it really nice if they included views in automations like creating views i would love that um, mm -hmm. but then they just basically like print the view archive it and then delete all the records hmm. in their history on the tasks table yeah yeah interesting yeah very very common use case great way to to set that up and implement it and automate it and uh awesome thank you ben for showing that and for coming on the show and uh people check out his podcast off the record and he's joined by camille so camille get to see her all over the place she's everywhere i'm everywhere <laughs> And, and sometimes I remember the days on which the shows I'm on <laughs> appear. Very true. And we will uh, be back next week and we'll definitely be continue to dive into uh, interfaces. And we're excited to see what everybody is building with them. If you have questions on what you want us to, to highlight next time, let us know in the comments. And until then, we'd love to see what everybody is building on air. And we'll see you next week. See ya. Thank you for joining today's episode. We hope you enjoyed it. Be sure to check out our sponsor, ontair.com, and we will see you next time on the Built on Air podcast. <laughs>